We hear again this simple word for the day, Luke 2.21, and the address is based on this. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. In the name of Jesus, dear fellow loved sisters and brothers in Christ here in the house of God, St. Lucas this morning, and where else you may be listening at this time or come across us sometime in the future. Blessings in Jesus' name, in your year, in your life, in your eternity in him. I hope you won't, well, you probably won't be surprised, and I hope you're not shocked or offended by what I'm about to say. You've probably known this all your lives. I don't think I learned this till I was in my 20s. You know, I knew all the biblical prophecies, many of them at least, and all the fulfillments about the arrival of God's promised Savior, promised from eternity and intended by God and what he did. But what I didn't know is, should have known, nowhere in the Bible did it say what month and what day he was born or what year. So, for me, growing up in a Christian home and celebrating Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and all those things every year, well, December 21st, 25th, yeah, see? December 25th, the birthday of Jesus. But that date was chosen by the church, not revealed in Scripture. It may have been that day. What I was told later on in life was that... um, The Christian church at one time knew the day, they thought they knew the day on which Jesus died, March 25th, in such and such a year. And so they said, since everything else about him was perfect, his life was a perfect whole too. If he died on March 25th, he must have been conceived on March 25th and extrapolate that out nine months, there you have, December 25th. And it really was sort of convenient because there was a heathen ritual, Saturnalia, celebration of the sun's victory over darkness as the days start to go longer again after the sun was being extinguished through the months of November and December. So the light of Christ really was a nice transplant for that heathen festival. So, December 25th it is. And that makes this the eighth day after his birth. And that was a big day in the life of God's covenant people for their boy babies. On the eighth day was the day those boys were circumcised, became sons of the covenant, as it was called. They were circumcised on that day and given their name. So on that day, as the boys, the baby boys were circumcised, that was like a confession of sins to start with. It was an admission that any persons fathered by this boy as he grew, grew up were going to be just like this boy and like his father, back to Adam before him. Sinners, by nature in the image of man, not in the image of God with which Adam was created and which he forfeited by his willful sin against God. So it was a confession of sin as this son of the covenant being circumcised. You were admitting that you were a sinner and you'd give birth. You would father 
sinners. It was also a statement that you believed in the God who had promised, the only God, the true and living God, the I am God, that you believed his promise that someday he would send a Savior for all sinners, for all sin, for all time. You believed in the coming Savior. So it was a confession of sins, a confession of faith when you had your boy, baby circumcised on the eighth day. And it was also a commitment on your part and a training of the child as he grew up to say, as a son of the covenant, believing in the promised Savior, I'm committed to living a life that glorifies God. A life we would say maybe as Lutheran Christians of daily repentance. Striving to do what is right as the Christian in us follows God. Sorry for what that old self thinks or says or does. And how it tarnishes our good intentions. And committed to following the Lord in our life. It was a big deal. A big day. It was commanded by God. You might choose the name for your boy that day. But having him circumcised, if you were a child of God's covenant people, expecting the Savior, having him circumcised on the eighth day was a commandment of God. On this particular eighth day, January 1st, eight days after his birth on December 25th, as we've talked, on this eighth day, there was a different thing that happened. All the circumcision took place and the naming, but the thing that was especially different, oh, so many things, but one was mom and dad didn't choose the name for the boy. And of course, there was something different too because while Mary was the mother of this boy, the father was just the legal father that God had chosen a man who had been engaged to marry, as you know the story, but they hadn't come together yet as husband and wife and had not consummated that intended marriage. So Joseph has become, informed by God, the legal father of this baby. But both Joseph at the time when he was announced to him by the angel in a dream, Joseph, Mary has not been unfaithful. Yes, she's pregnant, and no, it couldn't be your boy. You've never had sexual relations with her. This boy is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Emmanuel, God with us, as promised by Isaiah. And you're to give him the name Jesus. And the angel Gabriel had already told Mary, the surprised would-be mother, to be mother, you're going to become pregnant. The Holy Spirit's going to cause a life to begin in you. And you are to give the boy the name Jesus. So it wasn't a parent's option, a name that had been in the family or a name that they liked or that they made up. It was a name given by God. And you probably know that name Jesus in Hebrew would be Yeshua, Joshua. It means the Lord saves. It was a common Jewish name. But here's the major difference. In this boy receiving the name, it doesn't just say the Lord saves, a confession of faith, but he is, this is the Lord who saves. God himself, the eternal God, has become man, a human being, 
This child is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Lord who saves. And sisters and brothers in Christ, that's what makes this New Year's Day such a special day. The festival of the circumcision and naming of Jesus. For we meet again our Savior. And we see again in the events of this day a picture of how he saves us this true flesh and blood brother. So on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, they were obedient to God. Mary, his mother, and Joseph, his legal dad, Mary's husband. It was time to circumcise the child. He was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So here is God, Emmanuel. God with us was had the... Advent pyramids on the altar saying that throughout December. Here is God with us in human flesh. He's got true, real human flesh and blood. But he's different from all other children that were ever born. He's like Adam was when Adam was first created and Eve was when she was first created. He is not in the image of his mother and of all other humans. He is human like they, but he's born, conceived and born holy. He's in the image of God. Come to restore that image for all people so that anybody who would be led by God, and God wants all people to believe in him, anybody that's brought to faith in Jesus will receive a new year, a new life, an eternal life, a heavenly home, and God's presence and blessing on the way to that destination paid for by the blood of this boy. It's a new day for the world. I didn't read any news this morning. I saw one little headline popped up saying, well, New Year's hopes for people. Well, it's going to be the same old, same old, isn't it? The news could be better or worse from a human perspective, but it's the same old, same old man's struggle in this sin-cursed world. The curse is lifted in Christ, but it's still there. People are experiencing it apart from him, and we too suffer in it. The only hope for the world is the hope that you have been led to, and I believe in. It's in this child born to Mary, in his life for us, in his death with our guilt, and his resurrection from the dead to give us life. In his not only living, but ruling over everything in heaven and earth for the good of the church, and his return someday to take his bride purchased by his blood home to be with him at that heavenly banquet feast, that wedding feast that will never come to an end. So here this boy is circumcised. He doesn't need it. For himself. It's not a confession of his sin. It's not a confession of his belief that God's going to send him a savior. But it is a commitment on his parents' part, and his too, as he grows in wisdom and stature, to be committed to God's will. And in his case, it stayed that way, unlike Adam's. He never broke faith with God. He never broke the covenant he was committed to the covenant, and that covenant especially as he learned to know it, that he was God's eternal son in the flesh, 
and that his purpose was to live a life the way it should have been lived by everybody on their behalf, that he, after a perfect life, would have all the imperfection, the sin and guilt, the shame of all of us and everybody ever would live, all that is his responsibility, that he would be forsaken by God to show the world that deserved that forsakenness, you're not forsaken. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. On his circumcision day, his parents obey God's command by having him circumcised, and they obey and fulfill God's will by seeing to it on this day, the boy's got a name. He is Yeshua, the Lord who saves. And how he saves is indicated through that circumcision rite. His blood flowed, and it was also then a picture of that blood coursing through his veins that gives him life, of a life lived in that freedom of being God's child in the perfect harmony with God, never broken, never broken, living a life with blood coursing through his veins and using every sleeping and waking moment to serve his creator God. A life then that would be sacrificed and the blood poured out, the last drop drained in payment for the sin of the world because the wages of sin is death. And God saw to it that those wages were paid to Jesus and not to us who deserved it. And back to life he came. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, the apostle wrote. And this changes everything. Because of what Jesus has done, you were forgiven and are forgiven. The world out there that doesn't yet know Christ, they're going to hear about him through us, we'll do our best, they've already been forgiven too. They don't believe it, they won't receive it. But as the good news of what Christ, who he is, Jesus, the Lord who saves, and what he did, lived, died, rose, rules, returns, as that news is brought out there and they believe it, they receive the forgiveness that was already there that he purchased on the cross that God had promised from eternity. All of it fulfilled in Jesus, the Lord who saves. So it's not only a naming day for Jesus, really it's a, a naming day for me and for you too. Because we have the name of Christ on us. Baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are Christians, followers of Jesus. And this means that in this new year, with God's help, we want to use our lives to glorify him as we enjoy being loved by him, to enjoy loving him back by loving one another, to commit ourselves to learning to know what God's will is for us, to grow, as we saw last night in worship, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ to grow in our understanding and the reception of his love, which is broader, higher, deeper, wider than you can ever imagine. Unspeakably great. To grow in our knowledge, our reception of that, and our imitation of it. Growing up in the stature as children of God, sisters and brothers of Christ, our Savior, and the one who shows us how to walk. It's a new day. We have a new name. We've got a new life, life in and for Christ. 
It's a happy day, and that's a happy new year. No matter what we may go through emotionally or suffer physically in our world today and in the coming days and weeks as they may or may not unfold for us, we are in Christ. And that the name of Jesus Christ, every knee someday is going to bow. And every tongue in heaven and earth is going to declare Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God told Joseph and Mary this is the way it would be. On his naming day, it was declared, Jesus, the Lord who saves. So that leaves us today in that which John the Apostle marveled at in his first letter, the third chapter. He said, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are, end quote. Lavish love. We, the children of God, because God's Son, Yeshua, Joshua, Christ the Lord, Emmanuel, all these wonderful names, because he came committed as a son of the covenant in God's eternal covenant to the world to save it. He completed that covenant for all the world, therefore for each of us. In that complete covenant loved by God, we're free to live this year knowing that our good shepherd's going to care for us and looking to learn from him how to express his shepherd-like love to each other and everybody God may bring into our way. Oh, man, that's a great year. Happy New Year, Jesus. Christ the Lord, our Savior, the Lord himself who saves. Amen.